one. Today, Spags, I get my revenge. Yesterday, you brutally sniped me on Anthony Richardson, and I will not let it happen again. This is what happens, Pete, when you stream 150 Best Ball Mania 4 drafts. But today is Pete's shot at revenge. Today is your shot at revenge as well, drafting along with an underdog here on a splash play doubleheader. Pete, are you ready to do two drafts back-to-back to file two more away in your, your quest for it all? Yes, thank you for the reminder here. We got to get the ticker going. This is my Best Ball Mania draft. Number 11, we are kicking off a new programming block here. Splash play double headers on Tuesday morning starting at 10 a.m. That's the traditional best ball breakfast time. We'll do splash play here. And then we will head immediately after we finish this draft over to the splash play channel. Need you guys to be subscribed over there. I have the link down below. I have it pinned in the chat. Back-to-back drafts Tuesday morning. What a better way to spend your day. The thing I don't think you realized, Pete, when you were planning this out, obviously your your well-crafted strategy here to get to 15,000 subs to do 150 drafts, you didn't realize how many drafts yours were going to be against me and how much I would ruin your teams. And that happened yesterday. I wasn't even on camera. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, so for those of you guys who missed Best Ball Breakfast yesterday, um, you know, I've been lamenting the fact that I haven't been getting any Anthony Richardson shares. He's the steamiest player going right now. And I finally thought I was setting it up. You know, Jonathan Taylor, then we draft Michael Pittman. And it's like, all right, I'll take take Richardson in the 70s. Nope, this fucking guy has to go and take him at pick 65. And then you're on Twitter saying that you're waiting till he gets to the Trevor Lawrence tier. You took him ahead of Trevor Lawrence, Spags. You're completely unhinged. Well, I did correct myself and say that was a bit of a spite premium because Pete was, in fact, drafting Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. And I had to assert my dominance. Here's the thing, Pete, that bothers me. And we could talk about this, and I'm sure it's going to be an ongoing theme all offseason. There are still so many people who don't believe in Anthony Richardson that now I'm even more dug in that no. I have to bring these people into the light so they know that this is going to be one of the best players we'll ever see in fantasy football. This is such a straw man. People don't believe Spags. He's going earlier than ADP in every draft. Everyone fucking believes in Anthony Richardson. If your thesis was correct, I would have gotten him at ADP in one single draft. Uh, I saw ADP chasing host Sam Sherman tweet out uh, a poll asking, hey, where's Anthony Richardson going to be going by September? Pete, 5% of people thought he'd be going after pick 90. So those 5% of people, you are making everybody else suffer in every draft room I'm in because I need to bring them all to the glory of AR. Uh, well, yeah, the glory of AR. It sounds like uh, I thought you were going to say AI. Um, all right. I think this is my first Jamar Chase share in uh, in Best Ball Mania here. McCaffrey goes too, so I will uh, I will happily scoop Chase here. Yeah, I have not gotten a lot of Chase. I've not gotten a lot of Jefferson. I think I've had only two 101s, both of them in the puppy so far. So uh, elite receivers, Pete, I feel like very elusive for us so far. Not getting that, that streamer influencer 101s you were so used to. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll take it though. I'm I'm happy anytime I get a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase share. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. I I, I get it. Uh, same way I feel about Anthony Richardson, no matter what the pick <laughs> is. But here I am picking the six hole. Uh, my stream is not on camera today, so I got to get used to this. Kelsey's there. I worry we are going to be in a piss boy room based on the Chase Hill cup of it. So I'm going to reach for Stefan Diggs and not get screwed. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm trying to check out the names here. Um, I recognize Clutch Cow. Um, oh, I see uh, K. Bryan in here. Um, not a not a super badge heavy draft. It definitely looks like a a piss boy draft when Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup. Also, when this is now something I'm noticing on all my streams, Tyree Kill going ahead of Cooper Cup. That feels like it's going to flip ADP soon um, because that just keeps happening. 
Yeah, I think Tyreek, I know you've you've kind of made a good case for Cup. I know some other people have made a good case for Cup. Certainly the defense being worse. Cup, I think having Stetson Bennett there is a guy who at least can get him the ball if Matthew Stafford's back is broken is a positive thing. But I do think Hill deserves to go ahead of Cup just because of what we know about Miami. Top pass rate over expectation team. Like Tyreek was, uh, I think, the number two guy in the last 20 years in terms of yards per route run last year. So I think Tyreek deserves it, but you're not going to get a bad pick if you're taking Hill or Cup. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call anyone an idiot for doing it. Like, I think, I think it's very, very close. Um, I do think like the upper. I mean, the thing you're going to get from Cooper Cup, right, is just more consistency with an elite target share. You know, where Cooper Cup's never gonna have a game where someone like Jalen Waddle is eating into his production, or we will have games where Jalen Waddle gets the two touchdowns and Tyreek Hill has four for forty. Like that stuff just doesn't happen for Cooper Cup quite as much. Um, so I, I do feel a little bit more confident just about his overall consistent upside. Um, but I, I don't like poking holes in Tyreek's game because he's one of the best fantasy assets there is. Also, Pete, I hate to do this because this is obviously a Pete stream yard. I, I normally pull up the chats on the splash play stream yard, but here we go. Scott sharp sounding, not so sharp here. I do not believe in Richardson. Get gimme Minshew all day and twice on Sundays. He is part of the 5% Pete and why we have to continue to draft Anthony Richardson well ahead of ADP. No, I'm not. I, I can't, dude. I cannot wait until the first summer story comes out and Shane Steichen's like, you know, Anthony Richardson, when we drafted him, we knew he was a project. Gardner Minshew gives us the best chance to win right now. He's been running really well with the ones. Oh, man, you should see Minshew and Pittman's connection right now. Just really dialed in. Then Anthony Richardson will fall to the 130s and then I can pack my bags. I think it'll be more like Shane Steichen going, oh, I can't believe Anthony Richardson threw a, a hole through Jonathan Taylor on a five-yard out. I think that's what's more likely to happen. But I am on the clock here. We're seeing receivers go early. Now a little bit of a run on running backs. Pete, I normally don't take an elite QB, and I worry this is going to box me out of the Anthony Richardson derby if I do. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take Chris Olave <laughs> Your, your logic, like the fact that you funnel every single decision through an Anthony Richardson lens just shows how broken your brain is. You know that there are other players in fantasy football other than Anthony Richardson, right? Yeah, there's Tua who I take with Anthony Richardson sometimes. There's Deshaun Watson who I'll take. There's uh, some cheap guys take Derek Carr. So like I take other guys. It's just right now press the advantage. And I think there's a good chance, Pete, you might leave with an Anthony Richardson share today. I'm not committed to taking him, but I want to keep the optionality because I think we all know what people are suited in for. They want to see if he gets sniped again. Yeah, though, no, that's definitely what everyone wants here. Um, I think it was on splash play the other day uh, where I did pull the trigger on Pollard here, but this is a definitely a piss boy room. We'll see if one of these running backs I like comes back. I'm in an interesting spot here where the elite quarterbacks haven't gone off the board yet. And normally at least one of these guys is off the board. Um, man, I always talk about how I don't love the uh, the alpha uh, double stack uh, here. And yet there's such a tear gap after T Higgins in this range. Um, I'm going to take T. If quarterbacks are getting pushed in this room, it feels like a room where I could maybe get Burrow at the 4-5 turn area. So we'll push it there and then see what comes back to us running back wise here in four picks. I like that call. I like the burrow double still like it. Obviously you're paying a pretty steep price tag. You're committing your entire build. You are taking those guys for the most part, but just in terms of pure upside stack where there's also some contingent value for Higgins. Like I really have no issue taking the burrow double, even if you know, Whoa. it's certainly a little bit overrepresented.
Egeli, what are we doing here, buddy? He, he, okay, so much for that. You know what? This actually worked out really well. Um, uh, it's close for me between Ramondre and Jacobs. I, I continue to just work under the assumption that um, Brees Hall, people are going to get a little spooked about his injury stuff. So I think I don't really see Brees Hall's ADP rising a ton. Um, so I'm going to continue to prioritize Ramondre in this range. I also feel like if Miguel E didn't do that, I would have had a shot getting Josh Allen back at 30, which would have felt pretty good. So I don't love Miguel E ruining the room here. It's, I can't relate to ever doing that to anybody. Yeah, um, I uh, I mean, that is such a wild, a wild double tap there. I wonder if he's just, this is where like ADP does mess with your brain. And I think it's a, a conversation too. someone was asking me in the comments uh, here, make your pick here and then we can. I'm waiting a... Lamar. I'm, I'm going to take Mark Andrews here. I don't love Brees Hall. This ADP is starting to come down a little bit. So I'll get an elite tight end of the mix and, and maybe Lamar will fall, but probably not. Yeah, I got I had a, a Lamar share, or sorry, a Mark Andrews share yesterday on Best Ball Breakfast um, when he had slipped past ADP. Definitely like actually going to have a Best Ball Tip video out about elite tight ends uh, here probably tomorrow. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, about ADP. I've heard this narrative that like, oh, when the casuals come in, maybe you'll get discounts on these players or blah blah blah. One thing I think you don't want to um, uh, ignore is the fact that ADP becomes so entrenched. And I don't want to like make excuses for Miguel here, but if you're drafting after ADP and you're like, holy cow, Patrick Mahomes is never available at the end of the second round. Jalen Hurts, it's sometimes tough to like de-anchor yourself from that ADP. And I think, because hey, in their head, they're saying, hey, I'm just getting extreme values on two guys who shouldn't be here and I'll be done at quarterback. I don't think that's right, but I'm just saying, I do think normies get anchored to ADP just like the rest of us. I think uh, this, so this is part of the Anthony Richardson thing and part of why I've kind of pushed my brain there. And I'm going to walk it back at a certain point. People are too into the elite QBs this year. Like, I think that's the casual thing I've seen the most on DraftKings, especially. Uh, I sometimes saw guys in some of the rooms I did on there did like 15 drafts. People taking two of the elite QBs, three of the elite QBs in one of the rooms I was in. So I think that's the casual take. And actually, Pete, the other casual take I would say that I'm seeing a lot uh, Miami doubles with Tua, I feel like are very popular for the guys who are very yeah. into running backs in the past, um, including one of the streamers who we sometimes make fun of. So I think that's also the most casual stack is going to be the, the Tua Miami double. Well, that, that that's another thing I struggle with. You mentioned that one. You also, someone tagged me on the board this morning uh, where someone did Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, and AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts. Because ADP wise, those are all fairly easy to get. And those will be very heavily replicated. So I struggle with like the uniqueness thing because it's it's like yes, if if the field has that stack at an out, you know, uh, at a high rate, like that's not necessarily great. And yet, if you're still thinking about the high end outcomes and how you climb to the top of the leaderboard, and if you're doubling down on the bet you made in the first round, it does make logical sense to continue to stack those guys. And you're going to have 16 other picks to to get unique. So I think. To me, the takeaway is not that it's bad, but also to say, hey, I want to make sure I have some Josh Allen teams without Diggs. I want to make sure I have some Mahomes teams without Kelsey. Um, stuff like that to just know that you're getting access to those quarterbacks in other scenarios where that guy happens to fail in a week where it matters a lot. No, I think that makes sense. I, I just would say that I think people sometimes feel like Miami is sneaky, and boy, they are. They're not sneaky based on the amount of times I see that double stack coming. Um, Joe Burrow would be a great fit for my team here, Pete, but I will in fact take Christian Watson. And if Burrow falls to you, then I, you know, more, more power to you. I'd say the funny thing is, is like, normally what I would say in this spot spags is like, okay, I'll let quarterback go 
I'll, I'll need to check what the tier gap here is, but I don't know if I can trust Miguelie or Connor Rue not to take Burrow. Like, I don't think I can trust them with Joe Burrow at the top of the board here. And I don't see anyone that's just like a screaming faller that I'm like, oh, I have to lock in this value. So I am going to just take Joe Burrow here. I think it's wise. I think once there's a little bit of variance in the room, a little bit of some wild cards here, and Connor Rue, I'm sure, is thinking, oh, I'd love that week 17 Josh <laughs> Allen, Joe Burrow, and wouldn't be able to help himself. Wait, you're saying he's going in a time machine back to uh, <laughs> to last year? Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, they're going to redo it this year to make right for everybody who lost out on that week 17 uh, points total they needed so much, myself included in the BBM finals. But uh, no QB for Miguelie here, so that's a positive. We did get confirmation the schedule will be released on Thursday night. Apparently, it's going to be a three-hour marathon broadcast. And I'm like, yes, I realize if you are a hardcore fan of a single team, you care. But other than that, it literally is just the best ball people who, who care about this. It's absolutely insane. Um, well, people love the social oh. media videos and stuff, too. But who are you going to pick? I think I'm going to go Keenan Allen. Okay, interesting. So going with an old there. I feel like you don't take a ton of Keenan these days. You know, yeah, it, and it's not, again, I've only done, you know, 12 drafts, ha, still have not done a, a puppy draft too. So I'm, you know, I'm still feeling out this, uh, this landscape here. It is a, a fairly wide receiver heavy room. Um, so I'm going to make sure I keep loading up and I, I have no issues uh, with Keenan. Um, you know, it would be one thing if we were drafting him in the third round, like he was last year, I think at those prices, but here in the early fifth alongside these other guys. And I, I think the Quentin Johnston ad is kind of like a rising tide for that entire offense that I'm excited about how that could impact Keenan too. So talk through your Dobbins pick at 54. So I do like cornering the market on Baltimore a little bit. I certainly think, you know, Lamar stacks. He's talking about throwing for 6,000 yards. I'm not sure I buy that as much, but I mostly think this offense is going to be better if that's the case. Andrews should be better. I've talked a little bit about how at Georgia, Todd Munkin did a good job using two tight ends there. Obviously Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, who's going to be a top prospect in the next year, I believe, if he comes out. Uh, so I think Dobbins is in a nice spot. Andrews is in a nice spot. And I don't get Lamar very often, so i got to make a bet on Baltimore somehow. Yeah, it makes sense to build out uh, that bet. Dobbins is an interesting one. You, uh, this is, I was talking with Pat uh, yesterday. I did his uh, Legendary Upside podcast, and I, I was wrestling with this idea of, I think I'm pretty good at being patient in drafts and trying to get, you know, build super teams. Like, you know, you know, if I have Jalen Hurts, like, can I sneak Dallas Goddard past a round or so and get um, basically a supercharged team? But then you also have to weigh the correlation benefits. And it's always this like give and take. Um, whereas sometimes, and I think the tiebreaker for me is just like, is there a faller here which allows me to pass on the correlation and be like, yeah, the correlation is good, but I really want to scoop this ADP value up. You know, the Joe Burrow instance is probably a good example of like McLaurin, Pittman, Judy, Keenan, all these guys are in the same tier. Just go get your quarterback. But that's something I wrestle with is that trying to build a super team versus leaning into the correlation boost. I get sniped so often when I try to push guys that I just try to kind of get the guys that I think are going to, you know, wind up the most correlation wise for me. And also too, like, I definitely like, you know, I know Pete's talked a lot about the idea of taking five receivers for round 10. Um, I was kind of playing with the road of his explorer yesterday and seeing, you know, at least with the last two years of best ball mania, you know, where that sort of was a diminishing return. Like, should I be taking him in the first six rounds, those five receivers, should I take him in the first seven rounds? And it does feel like I need to kind of mix in a running back more around five to seven range, even though I know some people don't like to draft running backs there. And I just love Dobbins. Like Dobbins was great last year. You know, didn't get a ton of touches down the stretch, but still was great with every touch. So I'm willing to get a running back here. And now I am in an interesting spot to take 
A tight end, I love Dallas Goddard. A receiver, I love George Pickens. I think I'm going to go the receiver route. And hopefully a Baltimore-Pittsburgh game occurs in Week 17. There you go. Um, Saw someone in the chat saying they need to catch up on the comments. Purple Yosh, I do have the playlist with all of my Best Ball Mania uh, four drafts. Anytime you guys leave a comment, you'll be entered into the $1,500 giveaway that I'll be doing when I hit 15,000 subs. We did cross. An important milestone on the channel yesterday, over 13K subs. So we are on a good pace. If we keep up this pace, we will hit 15K by the end of the summer. So keep the comments coming, keep the subscribes coming, and we will be in good shape here. Um, I missed out on Dallas Goddard yesterday. I've been talking about elite tight ends. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab Dallas Goddard here. I like this price. I love Dallas Goddard. I mean, he, I've talked about it a little bit, best tight end in DVOA as well as estimated points added EPA. Um, so two core stats that I look at to kind of determine who's a volume guy, who's a guy that's actually doing something above and beyond. So Goddard to me is one of those guys that I think he's not quite lumped into that, that Kittle tier break, but I think Goddard, you know, both in terms of floor and ceiling and also some contingent value. Like if AJ Brown goes down, if Devonta goes down, there's a lot of ways Goddard can really get there. So I love him as a tight end as kind of an anchor there. And you only have to draft two now. I want to give a shout out to Miguel here because again, while I don't think taking two quarterbacks there is optimal, they didn't continue to do crazy things. They're loading up on wide receiver, catching up there, and now they're going to have a very good wide receiver room and a very good quarterback room. So um, I don't hate that for them. Um, let's see here. Um, I want to keep the bit going. I'm not going to take Anthony Richardson. Uh and I refuse to give in to big Anthony Richardson yet at this spot. Surprised me. Gelly didn't take him because I did see him grab Pittman. And was like, is he going to take Richardson too? Cause usually if somebody does reach for Pittman, uh, it tends to be a sign that they are going to go the Richardson way. And you take Deontay Johnson, who I was actually thinking about to make a little late picket stack. Oh yeah. Sorry. And you know what? I would love to take credit on that being a snipe of that being spiteful of me even getting just kind of spags till equity. But you know what spags? I actually just make my picks in a vacuum and I just try to build the best possible team and I don't try to upset my co-hosts. All right. I've got four receivers here. No correlation with Watson. No correlation with any of the QBs on the board. Swift is falling. Boy, what do we do here? What do we do, Pete? <laughs> I think I know what we do. I think I know. <laughs> That the, the, the clip has a new purpose. You're too horny for Anthony Richardson. So something our, our good uh, researcher mythology pointed out in the Splash Play Discord, of course, on Pete's Deposit Kingdom Discord, uh, pointed out Anthony Richardson, no girls linked to him on Instagram, no female distractions at all. He is a guy who cares about family, cares about football, Pete. So if you are going to be horny for any guy, Anthony Richardson's available, ladies and fellows out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I also got to give a shout out to Mathology. He's been leaving uh, horoscope comments on all of my videos. One of my favorite thing, and like, trust me, I I, I understand some of you guys, it, it takes a lot of creative effort to, you know, leave a, a good comment. But I do appreciate those of you who have a thematic through line to your comments across all of these videos, Mathology with the horoscopes. We got one of my guys who always does like a beer related pun. I've been appreciating those. Henry Mudo started just commenting the first player I drafted. So my challenge to you commenters, if you are here for the full 150 comments, you know, find a, find a theme, really brand uh, your comments here and uh, you know, just have a little fun with it. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I've been replying to all the ones of the Splash Play channel. Some people accusing uh, it of being AI who are, in fact, replying to all the comments. But no, Pete replies to them on his channel. I reply to them on the Splash Play channel because if people are going to go through this effort, Pete, like even if they are getting potentially $500 from you each for three different people, I want to reward them. Like we got to build community. We got to make it count. So the effort is appreciated by you guys and we'll always reply in, in kind. Yeah, I don't know how much community building there's going on with you and this Anthony Richardson bit. I mean, I just... I like I just don't know when it's gonna end. I think that's that's just what's so hard uh for me to grapple with right now. Uh James Connor fallen a lot in drafts recently. I do not mind him. Um I'm surprised you like James Connor. Again, I just think Arizona's gonna be so bad and bad teams just like to run out the clock on things. No QB correlations here make sense either. I'm actually going to take David Montgomery because I did get some Connor yesterday. So I'm trying to balance out my mental portfolio here. <laughs> Only at running back though, not at QB. Uh, yes, I did see your CCR inspired comments. Sorry. I mean, I, to your guys' credit, there are a ton of comments. Like it is now taking time in my day <laughs> to, to go reply to all these. So yes, I'm sorry. I couldn't shout out every comment, but I appreciate those of you flexing some creativities. It's funny. So I keep scrolling the board as though I'm the one streaming it. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to show anybody anything because I'm not producing this one. And now you can all see Pete's little delicate board and can't use your cue, huh? You're losing that little, that luxury. What? Why? Oh, yeah, I don't. That's, that's something that's just a treat that when you're going to be producing the next stream, I actually get to use my cue. Um, we, we have seen like a pretty crazy wide receiver run. We have that big tier gap to 118 is the next ADP here. Um, I don't have any quarterback stuff I really need to complete here. I could, I don't need to do two. Uh, I could maybe take like a Daniel Jones thought, but you know what, Spags? I was giving you, James Conner is a guy that I just like don't like, mm -hmm. but if there, I do get just the, the smallest, like Josh Jacobs 2023 version vibes from James Conner in that I want to contra trade my own emotions and my own emotions are this old dust ball back on a team I want nothing to do with but it's like if James Conner is the lead back um for this team he could certainly have a nice workload and the times I'm going to get my James Conner shares is never going to be ahead of ADP it's never going to be at ADP it's going to be when he slips around but it sounds like you like him so sell me on James Conner here because I feel gross well, I mean, I think the main thing for him is just that Arizona's not going to be good this year. I think for the most part, also a defensive-minded coach, uh, offensive coordinator coming from Seattle, who we know loves to worry about the defense, try to let the offense run the ball out as much as possible. So I think a lot of those philosophies are going to carry over. And again, bad teams just kind of want to run out the clock on things. So um, if Arizona's not good, if they're unable to pass, you're going to see a lot of checkdowns to Connor. It's kind of what they did last year. And you get Daniel Jones. Who am I going to get here is the question. I would like to take another receiver. Oh, Odell is pretty dusty. Mm, mm -mm. I am going to... I'm going to set myself up here with a nice tight end, another AFC North guy. I'm going to take Pat Freermuth here, or Pat Phil Helmuth, as some would call him, and maybe get Kenny Pickett later. Yeah, I, uh, I took... Um... I took a Kenny Pickett double stack uh, on my stream yesterday. It was a little controversial because I did a Q three QB build with him and Hertz, which I definitely don't think is quote unquote optimal, but I do think there might be some merit to it for the playoffs. And Spags, you are, you're in good shape because even though I have Deontay Johnson, um, I'm done at quarterback. I, I will be done with just Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones. So you once again, get off scot-free with having to worry about me sniping your stack just out of, of pure tilt. 
I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I don't think Kenny Pickett's the sexiest QB to competing for, so that works out well. And you get a mobile QB to pair with your your kind of stack QB. So uh, I think both our builds are looking solid here, even if people want to question currently an unstacked Anthony Richardson. Yeah, um, and I did. I didn't get to talk about. It. I did pull the trigger on Daniel Jones there. I was kind of considering him where I took James Conner. Um, it felt like a very flat tier there um, at or a big gap at running back and wide receiver. None of those guys felt good. I would have taken Charbonnet for sure if he slipped one more spot to 99. He didn't, so I figure I'll be done at quarterback. And with the elite tight end and being done at quarterback, I can now just hammer running back and wide receivers. Which I think looks pretty good here. Going to be a good run on running backs coming up here. Um, Charbonnet going early is kind of a surprise. I feel like that's when I see fall a lot. Uh, Madison too going a little bit early. It seems like some of these guys, I think Madison Charbonnet, Peter, one of the guys or two of the guys rather over the summer that I think will kind of settle in a little bit higher, especially if Dalvin Cook gets cut. Like that's still looming around and I think or traded and uh, nobody's kind of reacting to that yet. Yeah, I've been struggling with the Madison stuff. I think I definitely prefer Charbonnet uh, over Madison, but I certainly get the the points uh, for Madison. I do I do worry if people are maybe discounting the fact that a guy like Ty Chandler or Dwayne McBride, I think would be part of the offense if Dalvin Cook got cut in a way that I just don't, I'm just not comfortable penciling in Alexander Madison for 20 plus touches with Dalvin cook gone. And I think maybe the market is, and that's just something I'm kind of uh, wrestling with a bit. I'm going to grab Rashad Penny here, bit of a reach for Kendra Miller right ahead of me, but I don't, I don't hate that too much. Three running backs for me now, four receivers. I, I None of the receivers are jumping out to me. So I went a little more running back heavy than I probably would like. Yeah. There's some good comments in the chat. I'm going to try to get to, but we're also trying to talk about our picks as they come up here. Spags takes Penny. I was definitely going to consider him here. Um, let's see. This is definitely a running back range. God, it, am I just going to take all the gross running backs today? Uh, Alvin no, Kamara. I'm going to take, I'm not taking Kamara over P Ryan. Um, P Ryan's been one of my guys. Just want to make sure that there's nothing wide receiver related. I absolutely have to do here. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep grabbing P Ryan. No issue with P Ryan. Certainly going to have a role either way. I get Javante Williams at a discount a lot, so I probably should start taking a little bit more P Ryan. But P Ryan's going to be in there. He's going to be in the mix even if Javante comes back and is 100 because they just do different things. And Sean Payton has set out right. Like I've always used multiple backs. I think that's going to be the case for P Ryan no matter what. Um, all right, I am back on the clock here. Um, yesterday, I took Jonathan Mingo because I was behind at wide receiver, and uh, the chat made some really good points uh, about how Rashi Rice is probably even the better pick, even though there's a slight gap there. So I will split the difference today. I need to make up at wide receiver, and I'm going to grab Rashi Rice here at pick 123. I've been making sure to grab some Rashi Rice, too, because he does feel like one of those guys that could soar up another 30 to 40 spots, depending on how the camp reports go, though. Some positive Kadarius Tony stuff lately maybe kind of keeps oh, yeah. Rashi Rice in check a little bit. Yeah, um, I was talking about this with Pat here. Where let's make let's make your pick. You're gonna you're gonna take Alec Pierce to stack with uh, your boy, right? Is yeah, I don't. Do? I don't think it's worth the risk of him not coming back. Because yeah, it's one thirty nine. Yeah, I'm just gonna take Pierce here and reach. Because honestly, nobody jumps out of your receiver. Sky Moore, Zay Jones, Thielen, Hyatt. I'd rather just get a guy who correlates. 
the one thing I was going to say that I was talking about with Pat with these rookie wide receivers and in general, you know, we were mentioning kind of that five wide receivers by round 10 heuristic. One reason I think you can push it just a little bit right now is because of all of these second round rookie wide receivers. So I'm saying Mingo, Rashi Rice, uh, Jaden Reed, and Marvin Mims. I think all of them are going to be ADP risers to the play, to the point where I feel like those guys are going to be ninth through 11th round picks you know, in about a month or so. So I don't mind like pushing wide receiver a teeny bit, knowing that you're still building basically like five wide receivers before round 10. It's just, you're getting them right now in the 11th, 12th, 13th, knowing they're going to get pushed up. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about those guys. Did Leone tweet this week? I think I saw him tweeting something about like rookies, perhaps having a little bit less upside this year, just because of them being priced mostly appropriately slash perhaps a little too enthusiastically. Does that occur to you at all? Cause it does feel like these guys, I guess, uh, from the sky more thing last year, that was definitely the one aberration, but the most part, the rookies do feel like they're priced properly to be like a chains going top 100 now. And I like that happened faster than I thought would have been possible. Yeah, I think, I mean, the market's very sharp on it. I think the problem in, you know, this is the cold water on my thought is like, yes, we might be locking in closing line value. In fact, I feel very confident we're locking in closing line value. This is just not as good of a wide receiver class as last year. Like getting Garrett Wilson in the 12th versus getting Rashi Rice in the 12th is very, very different. Like just different stratosphere of prospect profiles and caliber and draft capital and all that. So I think we also need to be, a little open, you know, not naive about the type of players we're drafting here. <laughs> I think, honestly, the big take I would probably have, and, you know, my big take last year, I'd say, like, the meta take was that no running back would have 25 touches uh, average per game. That ended up being the case. I think what I'm seeing, and this might be wrong, but I think the chasm between guys getting into the league as a rookie and being able to produce from day one is less of a big jump than it has been in the past. And I think especially, too, like, with the Anthony Richardson stuff, people always point out, oh, you know, Josh Allen took a while. Trey Lance hasn't ever gotten there. It's also a guy who played in the SEC, like guys who played real competition. And I think that's something that I'm a little more willing to absorb the risk on is that a lot of the rookies just seem like they get in the field and are ready to go. And I think this year, even though these guys may be not as talented as previous classes, they should a lot of these guys be playing day one, and that gives them the upside, I think. Um, I'm on the clock, though. Not a great spot for anything here. Mm. Man, I could. This is interesting, actually. I don't mind Pickett, and I was kind of planning around Pickett, but I think there's a chance that I can force a Jordan Love fall, so I'm going to take Romeo Dobbs here. All right, Romeo Dobbs, come on down. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, yeah, someone, there was a comment, kind of this dynamic we're talking about with these rookie steam and getting pushed up. God damn it, Jalen Hyatt, that was such an obvious pick for me with Daniel Jones there, um, and he goes two picks before. Thank you, sir. Um, not so clutch cow, I would say. No, not clutch at all. Um, let's see here. I guess I will take... Man, I really got behind that wide receiver. This is gross. Um, all right, let's do Nico. Um, one thing I was going to say is, so someone was asking me about like JSN's ADP. And then it's like, don't you think this is rich? Like, even if he like surpasses, you know, Tyler Lockett, blah, blah, blah. And I think the reason you see this steam and why you get sticker shock is you got to think about it through the, these two different lenses, right? The one lens is that, yes, that price tag for their week one through 14 production is exorbitant. It is it is too expensive. But if you think about it through the lens of I am buying this tag for week 15 through 17 production, then it becomes more palatable. And then you understand if he delivers a Mon Ross Saint production, 
weeks 15 through 17, that's a second round value for those three weeks. And so that ADP is almost splitting the difference. It's acknowledging that it's going to be a lower advance rate guy and not necessarily pay off um, in the regular season. But if he really smashes down the stretch, he can still more than pay off that cost. And I think that's the thing with ADPs that trip people up. Um, did you see Miguel? took Jordan Love for no particular reason. You know what? This is what happens when you praise these guys. I was like, yeah, he's doing a nice build. He starts going zero RB. And it's like, can this is the, uh, what does Jordan Love do for a Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts team? Yeah, and he has nobody stacked up. So that's what you run into sometimes in these drafts, which is the, the downer of it all. But we'll survive. I have the picket back door still alive. So I guess I'll exercise that at some point. I guess, are we just, you know, you know, I'm not going to play the hits here. Tyler Algier sitting there at 150. I'm going to reach for Jalen Warren instead because now I'm fully locked in on Pickett. Yeah, this, uh, man, I, uh, I underestimated this draft room. I was like, because I didn't see a ton of badges, but holy cow, this has been a wide receiver heavy room. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's the switch I'm seeing is that the casuals have learned from the browbeating they took last year. Like even some guys who were like, oh, why don't you draft running backs have been tweeting me and going, yeah, like I'm taking a lot of wide receivers this year because how how bad it went last year, the running back. So I think it is sort of a tide shift, even though you still will get some running back heavy rooms. I think the casuals are a little more on board with uh, spamming wide receivers more than they have been in the past. Yeah. Um. Fantasy Football Garage likes my uh, Rashi Nico Mims run. It is a nice run, but ideally it would be like two rounds later. Uh, but it is what it is. We have to uh, react to uh, to this room. We were definitely behind the eight ball. Let's recap um, our what's what's going to be our audio plan for these episodes, Spags. Do you want to like stitch these two together and put them both Ooh. on the? Um, I don't even have. I'm not logged into your Streamyard anywhere, so I'll have to figure that out with you. But. Well, we can we can huddle. I mean, we'll we'll get these audio up. I mean, I'm if we want to just. Put the first, I don't know, we can figure it out. Um, but I was going to say for the audio listeners, let's recap our teams here. So my team right now through 13 rounds, I got Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, James Conner, and Samaj P. Ryan. I got the premium double stack, Chase and Higgins at wide receiver, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, Rashi Rice, Nico Collins, Marvin Mims, and tight end Dallas Goddard. Spags, read the people what you got. I have a QB, the only player you need, Anthony Richardson, running back, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, Jalen Warren, receiver Diggs, Olave, Watson, Pickens, Pierce, and Romeo Dobbs, and a tight end, Mark Andrews, and Pat Freermuth are my guys. I also want to push back on something Fantasy Garage said, that uh, Jalen Reed is coming for Romeo Dobbs' spot. Dobbs is an outside receiver. Jalen Reed should be mostly playing in the slot. So if anything, it's mostly going to move Watson around, who did get some success in the slot last year. But I think it's one thing to keep in mind. Like sometimes people misread some of these things where it's like, it's not coming for Dobbs' spot because they kind of do different things. And guys who do different things for the most part, I tend to view them as separate buckets. So I would just point that out. If you are not drafting Dobbs for that reason. Uh, yeah. And I, I think you want to be, I like both of those guys. I want to be taking stabs on both uh, Dobbs and Reed. I do understand if people are skeptical, like, hey, can Jordan Love support you know Jaden Reed Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson seasons probably not like someone's going to be the odd man out um most likely uh but just that second round draft capital I don't I don't want to turn my nose up at that I I think it's something that you want to be taking a look at in drafts all right I'm on the clock here god I just don't have Carr, but I do think Rashid Shahid is a guy that helps me get a little bit better at receiver right now so I'm going to take Rashid Shahid here Mm. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have a great feel for the team because I definitely was going to get a Packers double and then maybe take pick it as a luxury, and that obviously ended up getting sniped away. So I'm pivoting a little bit on the fly here from what I was hoping to do. All right, let's see what we got going on here. Um, I'll, I'll take a little Deontay Foreman value hound here, 15 picks past ADP. Um, I know Roshan is all the buzz right now, but uh, I'll grab some Foreman at 166. I have no issue taking form and take whoever the cheapest one is. I mean, that's, I think, what helped a lot of my teams. That's how I ended up on so much Ramondre last year was uh, Damian Harris going 30 picks ahead of him at one point. Then that kind of leveled out. And then you take some Damian Harris. So I don't know. I feel like people just sometimes sleep on that. Like, it's not about having the player takes. Like, I think Roshan's going to win that backfield. But if he doesn't, like, you know, Foreman's probably too cheap right now. Uh, I just want to talk about the mutiny going on in the chat right now. Feed the ducks. I don't want to overuse it. That is a thing we do in the second draft of best ball at breakfast. This is the first draft of splash play. Um, I'm not, I'm not prepared to, to feed the ducks right now. I don't know if that's the vibe of this show. So you guys are all just going to need to chill out. Yeah, I don't the feeding the ducks. I feel like that's a that's a Pete solo thing. It's just different vibes here. We can't. This isn't a feed the duck show. This is like a hard rock show. This is a feed the troll show and Spags is the troll with his little, I got to toss him as Anthony Richardson chum. It's basically what gets him through the show. And here I get the luxury of getting one of the QBs I aspired to. Kenny Pickett, come on down to, oh, uh, near a value hound, Pete, a 1.6 ADP discount. Yeah. Um. All right. Congratulations on your Kenny Pickett double stack. Um. I will. I'll, I'll. I'll toss you a bone, though. I do have a. Co- I have one more coffee pour left. A bit, it's going to be a weak coffee pour. There's not much in here, but this is. This is for you guys. There you go, you ASMR freaks. Hopefully that scratches your duck itch. <laughs> Somebody just came out there. <laughs> Uh, I like the pores too, honestly. I, I feel like that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed about your streams is when you have a little bit of space and you have the, the ambient noise. I think it's people like people get OCD about that shit a little bit. Yeah. Um, rally, when you draft Daniel Jones, do you prefer leaving him naked or you just grab two Giants pass catchers and pray to the Ducks? Um, I don't want to. I think Daniel Jones, the way he gets points in a lot of ways, I do think it's viable. If he if you got boxed out naked with him, it's not the worst thing in the world. But in general, again, like when you look at the data, and I, you know, will continue to reference this all summer, check out Leone's Best Ball Manifesto. But the power of having multiple stacks in the fantasy playoff is just so, so huge. So I probably would never get shut out of a stack with Daniel Jones because you have so many guys available at different price points. It's like Waller, Wandell Robinson, Hyatt, Hodgins, Slayton. You know, you can go down the line. There's basically a guy available every other round. That's a giant. So I don't envision myself having a lot of naked Daniel Jones. Yeah, and it's something too where I, th- I actually had one of the guys asking me on the Discord about I'm um, just like getting st- uh, stack sniped and all of that. And you know, Crane wrote it up on Legendary Upside a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now, talking about uh, if somebody snap snipes your stack, mostly they're hurting themselves more than you because they don't end up stacking it. They're basically taking an uncorrelated player that's not kind of doing the thing you want with your line of of cutting that parlay down. And I would say, too, it's kind of the same thing where if you have a double stack, then you end up taking another stack on top of that. It's like, great, you now made a bet on two teams and you've gotten different in a way that a lot of people won't have. So I I don't know. I always try and stack them up, I think, if you can. Sometimes you just happen to get sniped on the guys you actually want. Yeah. Um, all right. We are heading into uh, round 16 here. Spags with a 2472 build. I have a 2481 build. I have definitely uh, tried to recover here at uh, wide receiver. 
Yeah, I'm hoping there's one running back I am seeing on the board right now that I would like to get and one that I wouldn't mind to get, uh, especially with a bet, a little bit of a bet here on the AFC South, but we shall see what, here we go. Okay. I'm taking Tank Bigsby here, guy who I did not like much pre-draft, but landing in Jacksonville pretty good. And I think he's coming for more of a share of, uh, of Travis Etienne's workload than people are giving him credit for. Uh, I like that pick there. I'm thinking through, I probably made a mistake. I wanted to get Irv Smith as my second tight end to stack with Burrow. Um, I took Hodgins ahead of ADP just because the wide receivers continue to fly off the board. I should have probably just taken Irv and then, you know, been fine with Slayton if it came to that. So that kind of sucks. Let's see here. I don't, I'm just going to put uh, Trey McBride in here. We have a bet on the Cardinals right now with James Conner. So we'll grab Trey McBride to be our pairing with Dallas Goddard. We could have gotten even dustier, gotten Zach Ertz in the 18. Ooh, that is dusty. <laughs> that is so I, I think, I think I can be good with a five running back build here and then one more wide receiver. I don't see anything that I have to go grab at wide receiver right now. So I'm just going to grab Slayton and be done with this uh, Danny Dimes double stack. Okay. I like it. I mean, Slayton is one of those guys like he and Terrace Marshall are two guys that I just feel like should be drafted more just based on the fact they were good last year. Uh, Two guys that can get outside can, you know, play outside rather can get downfield. Um, So Slayton, I think is one of those guys, if you do get scooped on all your, you know, Daniel Jones guys, I would just take Slayton a little bit more because he goes undrafted like a large portion of the time now. Yeah. Okay. I do want to address this because Christopher has been barking about this in the chat. And I did a rant about this in regards to solo tight end in Travis Kelsey and solo quarterback. Like if you have the Hertz, the Allen or the Mahomes, I think it's perfectly viable for the regular season one through 14. But the thing you need to think through of why it's not optimal to winning millions of dollars in this contest is because If that solo quarterback gets you to the week 17 finals, he is going to have like an 80% to 90% ownership clip. If Jalen Hurts goes nuclear 15 and 16, everyone is going to have him in the finals. And guess what? Those other teams who have him are also going to have another quarterback with him that is going to allow them to potentially get a unique stack. And if Hurts doesn't uh, hit, that's going to vault them up. And if Hurts does hit, Well, you're going against 80% of the field who has the same exact guy. So I think it's a perfectly viable strategy for a high advance rate for maximizing your ability to get into the playoffs. But I think you are greatly, greatly diminishing your chance to finish in the top 10 in week 17 if you are rolling out a solo QB. And I could say from experience, when I had uh, (laughs) my, my best ball mania finalist last year had Joe Burrow and Trey Lance is my QBs. So when week 17 didn't happen for uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati, I then had no points at quarterback. And that was definitely, I, you know, would have legitimately vaulted me up. If I had 20 points, would have vaulted me up another hundred spots, maybe more in best ball mania instead of the 200 I finished at. So I, it's one of those things, obviously that's a small anecdote, but I agree with Pete that uh, getting leverage on another player, being able to sneak a Jalen hurts through with another QB is definitely another thing. Um, so I think there's a lot of logic to having two QBs. Even if you do go on the road of his Explorer, like you'll find one QB did pretty well and small sample size stuff, but you're kind of leaving yourself pretty naked for a lot of that. And all it takes is one bad week, Pete, of running bad, and then you're fucking your pod. Right, and I, I don't like it for solo tight end either, but I actually think it's more viable for tight end because if you have Travis Kelsey and then it's just like a bad tight end scoring week, and like the highest scoring tight end is scoring like six or seven points or whatever, like you can survive that. 
But if you have Jalen Hurts and either the rest of the field has him or he fails, some other quarterback is going to score 25 plus points. Like that is just how it's going to work. And you're not going to be able to make up that deficit. So you're either playing a chalky build against the entire field or you are uh, basically drawing dead because you're taking a zero at quarterback. Yeah, I think it's a good way to look at it. And definitely, you know, I appreciate the different strategies people want to bring to the table, but um, there's a certain reason why some, some things happen a lot. Um, so I think that's a single QB there. It's just, it just feels like you're making yourself too thin right away. And especially in best ball mania, like I play it in the puppy if you want, I think give that a few shots, but not in best ball mania. Um, all right, Spags, you got your final pick here. You have a two, six, seven, two build. Yeah, I feel like I could take a tight end here just to complete my double for the Colts. I did not get anybody besides Alec Pierce. And it takes so much Jelani Woods, though. Does he add a lot to an Andrews Freermuth lineup? Uh, I don't know. Now that now that Dell went, I really there's nobody else in the South I want. So I'm gonna take Jelani Woods and go three tight ends. Man, this is a really gross spot for mm-hmm. for running backs. This is one of those times where I'm like, how do I avoid dead roster spots while needing a running back. Um, and I'm looking at these available guys and I'm like, I mean, I have stuff I can do. I could correlate stuff. I could galaxy brain like an Eric gray on the giants, but man, this feels gross. You know what I think I will do. Normally I would take like a guy like Pierre strong here, but I have Ramondre Stevenson. I want to make a bet on him. I'm going to, I'm going to make a bet that Malik Davis is the, the RB two uh, behind uh, Tony Pollard this year. It's no Rojo. I think Malik Davis is going to be the the two. I I really think Rojo's still alive. Like I don't want to take him in every draft, but as an 18th round tack on, I would go Rojo. I I took a lot of Rojo in the big board, but I've been starting to think about uh, balancing that. And just to be clear, I, I don't like any of these running back selections here. If I were to redo the draft, I would have gotten my fifth running back at another portion because I do think I am very much in risk of taking on a dead roster spot with with this pick. Yeah, and that's you know, one of the things Pete's talked about that I know Leone did a lot of deep diving in on the best ball manifesto, but at this point you are getting the ADP values, but you're less likely to have all your guys active for weeks 15 through 17. So uh, trying to balance it out as Pete's talked about, just avoiding a zero can be as important as actually getting a guy with, up, with upside. All right, Spags. Um, how are we going to do this uh, this transition here? Uh, I don't. I mean, do we have to do a reading of the teams? Is that is that a thing? Yes, I and know. I I think I get to because this one's on my channel. I get sure. to do uh, the reading here. Put the it's proper flair on it if you can. Yeah. So you guys, uh, if you're new to the Splash Play streams, we have this versus element, and the chat does need to vote. Um, sometimes it gets confusing, and Spags tries to like move the goalposts on the numbers. So just write Pete if you think Pete won, Spags if you think Spags won. Um, my draft, Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones, just two high end quarterbacks, ceiling stack, just gorgeous stuff there. Running back room, Ramondre Stevenson, James Connor, Samaj P. Ryan, Deontay Foreman, Malik Davis. A little thin, but we all know we don't need to spend a lot of uh, draft capital at such a useless position. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, that premium double stack, mm, chef's kiss. Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, Rashi Rice, Nico Collins, Marvin Mims, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton for that backdoor double Danny Dimes stack. Tight end, Dallas Goddard, Trey McBride. What a gorgeous team there. And Chris Spaggs here. Anthony Richardson at pick 78. The Richardson slappies were out and about again. Kenny Pickett. 
His running backs, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, Jalen Warren, Tank Bigsby, and Jerome Ford, a fine zero RB room if we're being generous. His wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, Romeo Dobbs, Rashid Shahid, tight ends. You did not need to go three tight ends with a Mark Andrews, Pat Fryermuth build, but the Richardson slappy has to double down on their initial mistake by selecting Jelani Woods. What an egregious use of draft capital. So here's the thing, Pete. It looks like the chat is giving you the votes again. Uh, Bullock was asking earlier, I am tracking every single one that's a head-to-head. -head, so we will go through at the end of this and see who won them all. And I think I'm going to be vindicated by the time January 2024 rolls around, Pete. <laughs> um, okay, you are getting a couple late vo uh, votes here, but this is uh, this is a landslide. Oh, even underdog employees voting for Pete. It just feels <laughs> like the deck, the deck is stacked here against me. But uh, should we start the transition now, Pete? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We do. We should. Never in fact, why don't you hop over in there? Uh, yeah. Did you already send me the link for this? Yeah, it's a, it should be in the our text yesterday. All right. So this is what's going to happen, guys. We are headed over to the Splash Play channel. It should refresh the second this ends here. We have a redirect set up, so you can just, you know, put your feet up. We also have the link there if you want to head over to the Splash Play channel. We're going to be doing draft number two, my draft number 13. we got a lot going on here. Spags and I have to run into the green room, do a change of clothes. You guys need to go leave a quick comment on this video to be entered in the giveaway. And we are going to go draft another Best Ball Mania team on Splash Play right now. We'll see you guys over there. Spags, we are back for part two of our Splash Play Tuesday doubleheader. We just wrapped up my 12th Best Ball Mania 4 draft, and now we will battle again. Will Spags get his 19th share of Anthony Richardson in consecutive drafts? Tune in to find out. Yeah, I got a little Anthony Richardson in the stream right before this one. Go check it out on Peach Channel. Of course, check out his playlist of 150 Best Ball Mania drafts as we just did number 12. And now it's number 13, Pete. You won the popular vote in the last one, so we'll see what goes on here. But I got to say, you know, I don't think I'm getting a lot of love from the public. For I'm not building popular vote teams, Pete. I'm building for the con heads out there. I'm building for the 1% to the 5% of voters and I want, I want January to come now so people can see me be right and I can just go, nah, nah. Have you ever considered that maybe some of your spiteful picks and doing bits might actually be hurting your chances to building, you know, actually good teams? Because, Spags, I don't think you'd call our audience idiots. In fact, I think you'd call them very well-informed, sharp best ball players whose opinions we greatly value. And if that cohort, a wisdom of the crowds, continues to like my teams better than yours, I think you need to have a long look in the mirror and reconsider how you're drafting. I think, so Here, here's my honest reply to that, is that I think a lot of the audience out there, sometimes you guys aren't as deep in the weeds as I was in January and February and March. So by the time we roll around to July, to August, all of that, people will go like, Oh, Spags' teams are starting to make sense. Like once the athletic goes, oh, Anthony Richardson is the best quarterback who's ever played in, in training camp or whatever. Like some report that really puts him up on that pedestal. So I think that's where I am with it is that I still think I'll be proven right at the end of the day. But I get it. Like it's hard to feel wrong. It's hard to feel victimized, but you got to do what you want to do with your money. And I'm enjoying spending my money. Yeah. I mean, look, you, this is America. I mean, you should be able to do whatever you want, but I just don't. I'm not going to listen to your tears here when the chat doesn't vote for you because you're not optimizing for the best draft. You're optimizing for bid equity. You're optimizing to make Anthony Richardson your brand play, which we do need to talk about, Spags. I mean, last year, your brand was in shambles after the Drew Locke thing. Are you really fully prepared to go down with this Anthony Richardson ship like you are right now? 
I will say, and this will be my, my real flag plan as I change the thumbnail over my shoulder. Anthony Richards is on the thumbnail today. I have never believed in a thing in football as much as I do as Anthony Richards' success the second he steps on the field. Okay. The second he steps on the field. Can I ask you a question here? How much of it do you think is just going to be like pure rushing upside? Like it's just going to be Justin Fields last year all over again where he's just ripping off these monster runs? Or how much of it is you thinking, I actually think he's going to be competent as a pass as a passer. He's going to move the ball. This offense is going to be shockingly good. Like where on that spectrum are you? So I think the thing that people miss, and Pete's talked about it too, he was terrible in college in the short uh, under 10 air yards throws. He was like really bad in a way that doesn't make sense. And I think it's a little bit of the talent gap at Florida who had no skill position guys of note around him. But also like he just like that's a thing he can sort of clean up and scheme around. But he was really good throwing the ball 10 yards past, really good throwing the ball 20 air yards past. And he runs like a monster, like go through his college game logs. I know the SEC people go like, well, if you watch the games, he's not that good. Guy ran 20 times in a game for 100 yards. Guy go through for 400 plus yards against Tennessee. Like he's had the ceiling in college and he's just a freak athlete. 38% avoided tackle rate. Guy who creates value every time he touches the ball. And I think people don't get that he's not just one of these things. He's not Justin Fields. He's not Joe Burrow, but he's a little bit of both or you know, a lot of both on the rushing side. Um, so that's where I'm landing with it, but I am on the clock here and I'm going to take Jalen Waddle because it seems like wide receivers are very frothy in this room. Spags. Wow. You, this room, you guys are going to give me JT at pick 17. Hey, you all that. Get them. Go ahead. Have fun. I will. I'm actually, uh, I need to run to the bathroom here. Uh, this is hard for me to do on solo streams, but I know you're fully capable of vamping. No, I will call up some chats here, talk to you guys. We're saying this year's Drew Locke is a Richardson PTF. If I will say to you guys, if you want to fade me on the stake, go ahead, grab Gardner Minshew for free. I saw some people talking about that, both in the chat and on Twitter yesterday. There's lots of ways to get levers against me if you want to do it. But I personally, I will stake my reputation on Anthony Richardson, who I read some profiles about him. Guy wanted to be a fireman at a point in his life, dedicated himself to being good at, at fireman training. Like, you know, not a lot of QBs are going to see that. Zach Wilson didn't want to be a fireman. You know what he wanted to be? A MILF hunter from day one. And where'd that get him? Nowhere. Anthony Richardson, all about ball. Um, Minshew season. There you go. Look, take him. If you put your money where your mouth is and take Minshew. And I think that... If I'm wrong, then hopefully you'll be right. And Bindle, shout to Bindle. Shout to all the creators, by the way. You always appreciate seeing some of the new best ball streamers and drafters out there. Our guy Bindle's uh, used some of our production assets on his YouTube channel get going. And I noticed it was like, what? Bindle's taking my, <laughs> my hard-earned Photoshop of an underdog graphic. Uh, but we support the Bindle's of the world because, you know, got to get up for streaming. What did he steal? Um, he took the our underdog promo thing that I made in Photoshop and he used it on a stream and crossed out Flash and wrote in Bindles. <laughs> that should I mean I'm sure he's I'm sure he's converted you know hundreds of first time depositors with that kind of graphic design strategy. Probably as much as I have. <laughs> honest, but we try at the end of the day. Uh, Pete, you have AJ Brown, you have Jonathan Taylor, wide receivers going early and often here. Do you have any regrets about taking a running back? No, I don't. Um, I will continue to hammer Jonathan Taylor at pick 17. Yeah. Oh, here's see Luke has a great take here. How about getting leverage by taking Richardson even higher than Agnes <laughs> Willing? That's what you guys should be doing. That's a bastardation of the word leverage, uh, Luke. I mean, do you think Pete, again, the Sam Sherman poll is out there. I'm sure there's been more votes coming in. I think he had it as zero to 60, 60 to 75. Um, out of those two, which would you pick that Richardson will land at by the time, let's say late August, early September rolls around? I mean, 
at this point, like I keep moving it. Initially, I said, oh, I think he settles at like the six, seven turn where Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts settled last year. And now you sloppies are so out of control that I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the mid fifth. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get unique AR in the fourth. It's true. Uh, guys, help my closing line value reach for him even more. Um, It's a groundswell. And Pete, at the end of the day, we have the believers, we have the non-believers. And as we all know, those kind of, those kind of holy wars always go well. Come on, Chipsy. You're setting up your Joe Burrow stack and you had to take Hertz. Um, let, let me value hound Hertz at pick 32 with my AJ Brown share. <laughs> Mike asking real question. Does Pete quit best ball stacks about wins this year? I feel like I would, I don't think you quit. I think you'd dig your heels in even further and be like, best ball mania five is mine. Um, you, you know what I would say? I would say like, no one is more of a kingmaker than me. First Liam brought him on my stream wins best ball mania too. Uh, you know, have Pat uh, serve as my co-host for four or five years. He wins Best Ball Mania 3. Pat, uh, Spags, who I took under my wing, a wounded barstool employee that I helped flourish in the fantasy industry, he wins Best Ball Mania 4. I mean, I, that would actually be a good run out for me. I'm taking Lamar here. I don't like anybody who's on the screen right now and don't want to reach that far. I know Rotoviz had an article this morning talking about Jameer Gibbs being the best value in Best Mania 4. And I got to say, Pete, I kind of blanched at that one. I don't, I just don't like where Gibbs is going right now. Um, I mean, again, this is the classic. I mean, dude, the, the rise on Gibbs is no different than the rise on Richardson. And it's a far more justifiable rise. Uh, Sean Siegel said uh, right away that Gibbs is a third round best ball value. I had sticker shock because like the opening night stream I did with Karain, we got him in the late fifth and that felt like a smash. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it, but yeah, I do think you start to wonder how much additional meat on the bone is there at those prices. <sighs> Gibbs doesn't really make sense for me here again, though he is starting to slip as a value. Um, I obviously have Lamar, so I'm not going to take fields. I, I guess I'm just going to take Watson again. I just I believe in Watson too much. That's going to be, if there's a hill I'm afraid of dying on this year, Pete, it is much more Christian Watson than it is Anthony Richardson. Cause I take Watson all the time. I like, uh, I like Christian Watson. I mean, he's young and he's in that pack of like Hopkins and Keenan Allen and whatever. And I, I don't know. I just would rather have the young guy who flashed pretty hard last year, even if like, it's obviously a drop off a little bit from Rogers to love, but you know, love's going to be out there throwing to Watson all off season. I would think. The, the problem I have with Watson is I prefer DJ Moore to him, who I just selected. DJ Moore, um, he falls sometimes now. I got him in a, no, I didn't get him actually. I passed him at 52 yesterday. So I think if the fields drafter doesn't take him, then he just kind of lurks around. Yeah. Oh, uh, three running backs would, in fields. Yeah. I, I had like a, a very small pipe dream. Um, that I guess I would have I would have had to have gone DJ Fields instead of Brees DJ to get the uh, the field stack, but it looks like we are on a trajectory for another uh, late um, quarterback build. We'll see if Chipsy goes double elite quarterback here to get Joe Burrow with uh, Chase. That feels like not a chip move, but I guess we'll find out in a moment here. Um, you said you're not drafting any puppies either, Ooh. so that wasn't part of your commitment. You're obviously streaming every Best Ball Mania 4 draft, but you're also not doing puppies? No, no, I'm not like specifically out on puppies. I keep telling myself like uh, I would like to draft a puppy team. I was planning on drafting a couple this weekend and uh, just didn't have time. Uh, April has been a little bit sick lately. So my, uh, you know, my energy levels at night to draft a teams just aren't there. So yeah, I am, uh, what is this? My 13th best ball mania draft and still zero puppy drafts here. Um, but who knows spags, maybe when the schedule comes out and I think about, look at all the slappies 
in the puppy who have already blasted off. And I can come in there with the schedule, with my correlation and have an edge on all of those early teams. Yeah, I've already put in, I think, 20, 20 to 25 entries in the puppy just because I know I have no chance of maxing it out if I if I do it to the schedule release. And I probably don't have a chance of maxing it out now. Um, but, I, you know, I like getting in some puppies now. It's certainly a different draft from the BBM. Um, I think even despite the fact that they kind of have leveled up on both sides of that. Uh, but I like the puppy and I like spamming it out. I just am surprised that you didn't get some extra reps here because you're hopping on stream and the ADPs keep changing every time. Um, yeah, I know they do. But uh, Spags, I'm, I have to be have to be so protective of my time these days. I now I could draft a puppy or I could respond to all of your guys' comments. And I've decided to respond to all of your comments. So it's a, it's a give and take. That's true. That is probably more plus EV for you, I would think. I hope so. <laughs> Shout out to the chat, by the way. If you are coming over from Peach Channel, I will throw in the quick plug here. Subscribe to this channel, Fantasy Football, all year round. The Spag solo streams come back on Friday. I'm going to start stacking up teams here, going one by one. So I can't draft all Anthony Richardson. I'll have to draft some Cardinals, some, some Bills, some Bengals, whatever the case may be. So come hang out on Friday. And of course, Pete and I will be doing these double headers every Tuesday for uh, the near future, at least here on the channel. So hang out with us here. We appreciate it a bunch. Um, Anything you're observing here? Because I got to say, as I watch more of your streams, Pete, this year, you are taking running backs earlier than I think you have the last, you know, what, three years you've been streaming these? Yeah, the the ADP landscape is, uh, it's much different this year than it was uh, last year. I'm still living within the same structures that I always live in. I'm just taking my my spots at, at different points here. Um, let's see. I could go uh, tight end here. Um, I also really need to catch up at wide receiver. Well, not really need to catch up, but let's go ahead and we'll take JSN. Um, I had really been hoping like after the draft that I was going to get cheaper JSN. That was a take I was completely wrong on. I was like, he has to move down to like the seventh or eighth round after this landing spot. Uh, but underdog drafters too sharp, still drafting the best wide receiver in this class uh, at an appropriate price. All right, well, I did take Dobbins last time out, but that was Dobbins with Andrews, and I do believe in Baltimore here, so I think I'm going to take Dobbins again just to give myself some Baltimore correlation because Zay Flowers will probably get taken away from me too frothly. Shouts to Bindles as well, $5 for an A-rich tribute. Hopefully, hopefully, Pete, not a, not a cum tribute. <laughs> wow. Um, you know what you could have sent that $5 to, Bindles? Someone on Fiverr to make you an underdog promo graphic. Uh, I appreciate it, Bindles, and I appreciate, you know, again, the hustle, Pete, of seeing a graphic going like, I love that graphic, and I want it for me. I want it to be Bindles's, and hey, Bindles is grinding. Of course he is. Um, let's see, what's going to be coming up here for me? A lot of running backs on the board at this point, which, oof, I, I don't like this pocket. Mm, Evans, Pickens. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't go up and get your guys. Like I go up and get Watson. I go up and get Pickens every time, and and I think that's definitely my mindset. But I, I can't do that today because I'm really my Watson and Pickens bags are almost as heavy as my as my AR bags. You got a this is a nice tight end zone. It is, it is, and I got to get somebody who can beat Mark Andrews. Though I guess there are going to be a lot of Lamar Mark Andrews lineups out there just because of where they're going. Uh, oof, nice tight end spot indeed. Kyle Pitts. Mm. Take Goddard if you're such a Pitts hater. I am a Pitts hater. You, you said you loved Goddard. This is a nice value on Miles Sanders, so I'm going to take him. Oof. I think Miles Sanders is right behind Odell Beckham as one of the worst picks on the board. 
I, this is one of the ones I will dig my heels in on too. I think Miles Sanders is so undervalued and I think people keep thinking he's going to be the same player. He was in Philly, even though they've said they view him as a three down back, a guy who can get out there. And I don't know. I think, you know, certainly the offensive coordinator too, coming from the Rams, a team that uh, Sanders, you know, certainly could be that cam makers getting 20 touches a game. So I believe in miles here, but I certainly get why people don't. And you believe in Mike Evans, it seems. Uh, I do. He, yeah, I, I keep selecting him a lot. Normally when I've been selecting him, it's been a little bit past ADP, but um, wide receivers flying off the shelves in this draft room. Uh, and I'm catching up here for the audio listeners. My team through six rounds, I got Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall at running back. My wide receivers, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, JSN, Mike Evans, no uh, onesie position players yet. And yeah, that's definitely a, a unique receiver room. I feel like I don't see the, that particular grouping too often. Yeah. I love M Shad's comment up here a few minutes ago. I need to wait for the schedule release on Richardson for week 17 Texans or Titans. I don't like if they play the Jags. I like him a lot more. I mean, now this is, this is the levels of galaxy braiding already going on uh, here. I'm not, where's that? Well, I was looking for this one. So th this kind of made me laugh. Scott giving the very nice comment. And then the contrast of our audience here, AGT just going oink, oink <laughs> in response to the, the running back piggery. I suppose I'm doing. Yeah, you are a pig. I am a pig. So that's where he's setting up that sweet Terrace Marshall correlation. That's yeah, that's what we're looking for. 18th round Terrace Marshall might be the player you need. Predictions on how the Minnesota backfield shakes out. You were talking about this a little bit. Do you think that Dalvin Cook comes back? Because you felt like Madison was a little bit undervalued, but it was mostly because, or overvalued rather, but you thought it was because of the Ty Chandler and, and McBride part of things, right? Yeah. Um, I'm having a tough time with it because like if you're looking at the various prices for the draft, like Cook is still going like decently high i mean six okay he's sliding in this draft so i do think like maybe we're in a range where you should consider him but in general when he's going there and then madison what madison went top 100 100 pick in the draft we just did i find the, both of those to be like fairly efficient so i think i'm just like i don't know uh i'm struggling with it i haven't been selecting either of them i think i'd rather take a late flyer on a ty chandler Dwayne mcbride and hoping one of them becomes the rb2 and then you're getting some really nice closing line value. But what are you doing with Dalvin Cook? I've been taking Madison. So I've basically, I've gotten some mix in shares. Oh, Anthony Richardson goes to somebody who's not me. What a moment in stream history. Has, has Anthony Richardson ever gone at ADP or after? This is a challenge. Post either in the Splash Play Discord, tag Spags and I on Twitter. Show me a screenshot of you selecting Anthony Richardson after ADP. I swear to God, it has never happened. I, that's why I started doing what I was doing because I kept going like, oh, I'll get him like two picks ahead at ADP and then he wouldn't be there. So I just kind of went out and got my guys. Now the market's kind of reacting accordingly. Uh, but I agree. Like, I don't think he ever goes late. And if he does go late, it's not in draft rooms that I'm in because maybe on DraftKings, maybe some boomer drafts aren't going there too heavy. Um. So, man, there are a ton of running backs available here. I think Jahan Dotson, I mean, I do think that second tier with Thomas Sutton Bateman, there's some merit to it, but... I need to uh, stay ahead of this avalanche here, and I'm going to draft Jahan Dotson. Oof. Yeah, Dalvin's still falling. Dalvin, this might be my first hair of Dalvin if he, if I was inverted here, Paul doesn't take him. Um, I only have three run. Yeah, I only have three receivers, so never mind. Michael Thomas, I think, still has top receiver value. I know people think he's old and dusty, but I think he'll be in the 70 range ADP-wise by the time the summer gets around. There's some healthy camp reports, so... I'm going to take Michael Thomas here, even though Pete, I know you, you view him as a dust ball as well. 
I think he's fine. Um, I definitely prefer him, you know, when he's going closer to pick 100 when he slides than 82. But this is a, a wide receiver hungry room. There's about to be a string of running back values coming here. Kyle saying you got Richardson at 92. I was actually looking back at old drafts. Uh, and by old drafts, I mean drafts from two weeks ago. Uh, Richardson was going in the 110s, Pete. I was getting him there. And uh, now you would not see him in the 110s, I don't think, in any possible situation. Yeah, we're all trying to find the guy who did this spags.hotdogoutfit.ithinkyoushouldleave.gif. It's all part of my promotion for the new I Think You Should Leave season coming out May 30th. And uh, I feel I feel good about my, my Anthony Richardson shares. That's all I'll say. Um, he's only going to yeah. get expense, more expensive, guys, if you are waiting to on that price tag. Uh, God, I guess I got to reach for a Raven here because Bateman? I do have Lamar and I'll take Bateman. That's, I mean, that's the perfect pick. I mean, Bateman is the last of that wide receiver tier and you have Lamar. Uh, I don't think there was any other pick you could have made there. No, it just sucks to be like, this is a pretty big reach for Bateman, a guy who's certainly not Damn it, Paul. hating in popularity. You weren't going to let me have value hound DeAndre Swift there. Uh, that would have been nice. Um, I guess I'll value hound uh, Cam Akers at pick 89. Cam Akers. A lot of Zach Evans team lately, I feel like. And I would, I'd rather have Cam Akers where he's going as a, a nice little discount. Yeah, well, there was the... McVeigh was hyping up Zach Evans uh, the other day because I wrote about it in the newsletter on Monday. And, you know, they're talking about they used, you know, they didn't spend a super high pick on him, but they did trade up to ensure that they got him. And Zach Evans is one of those guys who was like a five-star college recruit, basically always underwhelmed in college and had some character issues off the field. But I guess his talent um, is still pretty sick. So I get why people are like, hey, this guy is going to immediately dust Kyron Williams. But on the other hand, you do put yourself at risk if you're chasing him up the boards of just having like, a dead spot. And my thought on Zach Evans, even if we get confirmation, he wins the RB two role there behind acres. He's what he's topping out in the Jalen Warren range, you know, like, cause that's the comp for a locked and loaded second back. And Jalen Warren goes at pick one sixty. So if you're wrong, you have a dead roster spot. And if you're right, you get like two rounds of closing line value. So I, I don't, I wouldn't be chasing him up. And Warren's also going to have a role from day one. Like that was the one thing that I think I kind of missed a little bit last year was taking some guys for planning for that week 17 chaos, but not taking guys who sometimes had a role, you know, weeks one through 10. And even, you know, even we're assured to get a chance at week 17, like a Zamir White or a Son, uh, Son Haskins that were basically just straight contingent value. Zach Evans to me is just kind of straight contingent value right now because Akers showed enough last year. Like he was great down the end of last season, even though the Rams had absolutely no reason for him to be great. Yeah. Um, all right. This room sucks, man. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all running backs and everybody took receivers early. So you really like Juju going top 100. I, I don't know. Uh, Jameson Williams going 92. That hasn't happened in probably weeks. I, I'm just glad I pulled the trigger on JSN there and I didn't get cute with a, another running back detour because wide receivers are flying. Yeah. It's a hard thing to balance where, you know, like I certainly see all the running backs piling up there and go, Oh, it's like, it'd be great to get Javante Williams now and uh, MTM revolt here takes them. But it's also, you know, you have to have the receivers to justify taking that running back at a discount. And um, otherwise you'll get completely blocked out. And then you're stuck with Odell as your wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, I am trying to look at this board. 
Every streamer loves Warren. I've seen that take on Twitter a little bit recently, Pete, where people are treating us streamers as different drafters than people who don't stream, which I think is an interesting development. Got to take uh, your boy Geno Smith here. Need to make sure I don't get too shut out at quarterback. Yeah, I need a QB two at some point, but I don't even... I guess I could take Jimmy late. That'll be Do fun. you feel naked drafting without Anthony Richardson on your squad? Do you feel exposed <laughs> like you've abandoned your brand? You know, it doesn't be just great. flapping in the breeze. <laughs> it's true. I, I do feel exposed. The emperor is wearing no clothes right now. I, I also feel like Odell makes sense here to get the double stack, but I got Dobbins. I'm going to pass on Odell. Um, Kamara's cheap. Madison. I'm going to take Madison here. I, I was thinking about Daniel Jones too. Nice ADP there. Can have two rushing QBs, but. I don't know. I just, I, I don't have a great feel for this room. This room is very different than a lot of the ones I've been doing lately. Yeah. It's a nightmare. I've, I've, I think I saw Chipsy. Yeah. called it. This place is a prison. I've created this prison, 150 drafts behind bars, just stuck in close quarters with the chat inmates losing my goddamn mind. No money for the commissary, no conjugal visits. No parole. They don't even let me outside. It's just solitary confinement, being suffocated by the piss boys, the wide receiver avalanches. Yeah, it's it's a little better, though, I think, to do it. Like the way we start the stream here where it's like, hey, maybe these guys can get in. So obviously, we got some people who got in the room. But I think if you're doing it like you do it sometimes at Best Ball Breakfast where everybody gets a chance, like you're just increasing your likelihood of getting uh, getting screwed over. Um, all right, I got a one three five zero. The Phil Helmuth. He is there again. I just, do I want to do that again? Yeah, I got a leverage against the draft I did previously. <laughs> Fine. I'll tag Pat Freermuth again, even though Darnell Washington's a good tight end. Pete waiting to take that spot. Uh, all right. I got my uh, my quarterback, uh, Anthony Aaron Rodgers here. I'm not stuck here with you. You're stuck here with me. That's what it feels like, plural, rural, juror. Yeah, Pete, this is your this is the AR that's more Pete overs at speed. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm chasing AR up draft boards. <laughs> AR should be going top 75. Anthony Richardson, no, Aaron Rodgers. He's in New York now. How could you not love him? Yeah, Chipsy says, Pete, this is why I swore off uh getting in those stream drafts. It's just a beatdown. Bless your soul, streaming 150. Look, I have sold my soul to the devil. I said I'm gonna sacrifice all this EV, bro, to get to 15k subs to provide the people with nonstop continuous best ball entertainment throughout the summer. And so as long as you guys get me to 15k subs, I'll call it even. Pius asking me to spags miss Drew Locke. I don't miss Drew Locke. I do, I mean, A, I'm scratching that itch with a different player take now. So I'm taking Michelin star Drew Locke and Anthony Richardson now. But I do think it's like, that's what I enjoy, Pete, is like, if people are going to push back and I have a take and I want to dig my heels in on it, I just want to see if I'm going to be right. And obviously, Drew Locke is more directionally accurate than actually accurate. But, you know, like, that's that's what we do here on these streams, hopefully, is have some takes besides just, you know, always structurally draft. Yeah, it's great, but we got to have some player takes. That's right. Uh, Kyle um, asking, is Damian Harris being criminally underrated thus far? And appreciate the super chat, Kyle. Um, I don't think he's criminally underrated. I do think the Latavius Murray signing kind of knocked his uh, the public interest in him down a little bit. But that said, like I like Damian Harris. Like I still take him sometimes. It's just I think the public is not as in on him just because there's a chance now that he might not be like that sledgehammer back. Yeah, I agree with your assessment. I would not say criminally underrated. If you wanted to say being slightly undervalued, um, 
I would buy that for sure. I think I do like him more than some of the other running backs in this range, like prefer him to Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I mean, his ADP definitely reflects that. Although I guess he's behind Brian Robinson in ADP. Definitely give me Damian Harris. It's like the same back, and one of them is on the worst offense in football, and the other is on, on one of the best offenses in football. Like with those two guys, you're just touchdown hunting. So why wouldn't you be taking the guy whose team is actually going to be in the red zone a decent amount? Uh, Nick asking if AR is replacing Locke, who's replacing Algier? That's an interesting one. Um, he's a little more expensive than Algier was, but I think for me, it's Roshan Johnson. That's been the guy that I think stood out the most to me analytically and landed in a nice spot that I think has some real upside. Um, do you have an equivalent here to an Algier? Like, is there a rookie that you think is um, being undervalued right now that you take a lot? Uh, a rookie running back a la Algier. Um, you know, the guy I've been hammering is uh, Kendra Miller. I don't think with this structure right now, I'm going to be able to uh, to mm-hmm. take him. But I do think he is the guy who feels to me like this year's like Damian Pierce-esque guy that could like sneakily take over the backfield and just be a huge riser. Um, yeah. All right, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and get my first tight end share of Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, the range I'm thinking about here, I, people know I do not like a three tight end build. So I want to make sure I'm grabbing like one guy in this range that has a decent target floor. That's just not a true punt. And then he'll kind of help me unlock uh, a two tight end build, which I appreciate. You know, you mentioned Kendra Miller and I do have a bet on new Orleans here. So I'm going to reach for him, even though I think Brian Roberts is a nice value at this point. And people have to remember the guy did, did get shot in the butt last year. So if anybody's going to be better this year, just by being healthy, it's probably Brian Robinson. Yeah. Aaron saying a chain in the chat. The problem is I feel like a chain is already yeah. appropriately priced. He's skied up draft boards. I, I think grabbing Jeff Wilson and Mostert at a discount now is the, uh, is the play. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like a chain, but I mean, it, his ADP is like his upside's almost fully baked in right now. Who did the commanders in that are running back in the draft? Did they? Uh, Chris Rodriguez, I believe was the name. It was like, oh, a super that's, late that's dude. Yeah, it about. wasn't, it wasn't anything to be concerned about. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's, and that's a tough part too. You know, to go back to the Kendry Miller thing and the Algier thing. Like, I don't think there's a rookie this year that's like slept on like a chains price where he should be. Kendry Miller's getting priced where he should be. Um, Charbonnet has been priced where he should be the entire off season. So like, that's the tough part about identifying an Algier this year. And if you're going to dig deeper, like those deep cuts aren't there. It's like probably Zach Evans is a deep cut and I'm not dying for him. Um, Brian Robinson goes, Hmm. One, four, five, one. You know what? I'm going to get Derek Carr here for my, uh, second QB having with Michael Thomas and Kendra Miller, which feels pretty good. Um, I guess I'll take, uh, you know, we don't have Anthony Richardson, but we can still take Jonathan Taylor and Alec Pierce and get what I think it's like 99.6% of all the Colts touchdowns. We'll go through those two guys. Are you going to go on like a Richardson binge at some point? Because obviously I think now you're doing the bit too, or I'm doing the other side of the bit. You're I'm not doing, doing a bit, Spags. I'm not chasing, like you can go historically look at all the guys that screamed up draft boards and chasing them at those prices is not an optimal way to draft. The only way I would be getting my shares is if I thought I could get some good closing line value. I've already said, if he settles in at an ADP range, I will make sure I don't have 0%. But he will eventually settle, and then I'll start to build some teams when I have more information. Because then I say, how do I get an edge 
on all of the teams who got Anthony Richardson at an early draft cost. And the way I get an edge on them is by building teams that have more information and less dead roster spots. So I will still build some Anthony Richardson teams, um, but I'm certainly not chasing him pre-schedule and with you know so many dead roster spot risks associated with those teams. So what, what if the price goes up though? What if he's at 73 and the schedule's out and people have still been stacking him? And like, I, at what point do you just go, I just have to do it now to make sure I get, you know, match the fields 8%. When when it settles, there will be a point. I mean, he's either going to be the 101 pick or he will settle at some point. And I have plenty of time for it to settle. Spags, it's fucking May 9th. This contest is going to be open for three plus more months. There's a lot of time. Yeah, I guess I just don't, you know, I don't want to be forced to draft him at 60. I want to draft him at 60 purely out of spite or for the bit. That I Spag, you can't. What you just said is is literally not logical. <laughs> I just think you know, if his ADP were sixty, I'd go. All right, I got enough of him at eighty, ninety, a hundred. I can do that. You know, I don't. I don't want to be locked in to draft him at sixty. Yeah, I, and I don't feel locked in. I don't mind having a massive underweight Anthony Richardson position if he settles in the fifties. I will be fully okay with that. Okay, that's that's fair. I just don't want you to get none. That's all. That's the main thing for anybody out there because there's a lot of people I've seen go, oh, I don't want a single share. If you don't get a single share, I think you'll be regretting it, especially if he's just fun to watch. <laughs> gotta get a share. Gotta get a taste. Um, I want to see what do I got going on here. Could take. Let's do. Did I take Deontay Foreman last draft? Are we just doing it back to back here? Why not? Yeah, let's. Yeah, why not? We we have DJ Moore. I believe between Deontay Foreman and DJ Moore, we're getting around ninety eight point four three percent of all the Bears touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Justin Fields not going to be involved at all. I would think. No, um, no. All right, I guess. I mean, Jawan Johnson's just going to be right here for me. I see no reason not to take him. What is your uh, New Orleans stack? You got Jawan Carr and who? Kendra and Michael Thomas and Kendra. Oh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I believe in New Orleans. I like I, I like Carr here. I also do kind of like the idea generally. It's not something I'm forcing, but take one rushing QB and take one kind of the stack creates the value QB. And I would say that Lamar and, and Carr probably fit that criteria as much as anybody. Uh, yeah. No, I, I like the I like the mega team stacks uh, right now. Pre schedule. It's crazy, Spags. Next time we do these drafts a week from today. We will be correlating the shit out of week 17. How good is that going to feel? I love that was my favorite part of last year where I was like tweeting the teams where it's like, oh, you got your week 17 matchups, got multiples of them, got you know a couple double stacks, even not including the QB. Um, so I think that's a, definitely a fun part in the last remaining wrinkle here. And I, I think too, you know, like I've drafted 20 best ball mini teams ish now, and then you know, a bunch of the puppy. I like that pocket just having like 25 pre-schedule, 25 post-schedule, and then 50 in July, 50 in August, but that's me kind of having to plan a little bit. Um, yeah. Boy, not a lot of receivers here, huh? All right. Tyler Algier, come on down. Why not? I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I mean, I got New Orleans guys. Pete, who's going to be playing New Orleans week 17? Maybe Atlanta, maybe in a dome. I guess it would be in a dome for sure. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh I am going to grab a wide receiver. Um, let's continue with our thesis on some late risers or guys we think are going to rise. We'll take uh, 
Mm, actually, no. I missed Wandell last time. I'm going to take Wandell. Oh, you know, 10 minute bringing up something. I've forgotten about the buy stuff. Like I, have, like I haven't, obviously, you can't build for that now, but that's going to be another part that I guess we haven't accounted for is that some configurations you have now might not be drafted as much just because of the, the double buy weeks. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll, we'll have this conversation all summer long. The buys, like, don't really matter that much, honestly. But to your point, people go out of their way to avoid, mm -hmm. like, certain combos in a way that maybe it will end up being unique. Yeah, I mean, again, I will say, like, my, my BBM finalist team was Burrow and Lance, and that was a helpful lesson for me where I was just, like, I drafted Lance with good capital, still got there because of the Burrow stack and, you know, the best of the running backs I built around that. And I'm certainly not going to be worried about bye weeks as much because I've had that part of my brain going, no, like worry about, and it, it's not worth it. I think ultimately because still pod luck and other things. Yeah, it's, it's a fun people. And this happens with zero RB. It happens with everything. People want to win screenshot popularity contests on Twitter. You want to have the prettiest roster. And if you post a team that has two tight ends or two quarterbacks with the same bye week or four running backs that have the same bye week, everyone has a fucking meltdown uh, and loses their mind and continues to uh, ignore the fact that we're trying to win a tournament with, um, let me check my notes. Oh yeah. 677,000 people. Um, and who gives a shit if you're sacrificing six points uh, in the regular season at tight end? Uh, though Neil's a data guy, right? He's saying buys not mattering is a pretty bad take IMO. I guess, I mean, they obviously matter structurally to a certain extent and probably matter more, Pete, I think for the regular season prizes. But in terms of like, are you not going to win $3 million because you have two QBs on buy for the same week? I just don't yeah. think that's the part that's going to make your team get over the hump or not. It, it, it obviously um, hurts your uh, advance rate by a small percentage in the same way taking injured players and taking suspended players hurts your advance rate for sure. Um, but it does not have any bearing on your, your playoff weeks. And it also could cut the ownership of something too, and give you, you know, competing against less people for something. Um, so I kind of see the more tournament upside to that. And, you know, again, you got, had good results with some, with only one QB last year, not by my choice. Um, so I think that, you know, I would err on the side of not sweating bye weeks as much, but if you can avoid them, like avoid them, but don't go out of your way to do so if you have like a nice stack and that's how it works out. Let's see here. You, DraftKings drafters saying underdog is a small field contest. Yes, DraftKings drafters are in a whole different world entirely. Who's it? Where, where did Trey Lance go in our draft uh, that we just did? I wasn't even paying attention. His ADP has to continue to fall. I mean, he's at 162, and I feel like he's always falling like 20 picks past ADP. Yeah, I I don't even remember seeing him go, honestly, but he's so off my radar, Like I, I which could be a flaw for sure. Let's see. Uh, Consigliere saying, what if both buys are in week 17? Luckily, the uh, the schedule makers uh, would not do it. I believe, what, last year were there? There were buys in week 14. Aren't there normally like a couple buys week 14, but they're done by then? Also, Trey Lance went 170 in that last draft, it looks like. Um, I was oddly sweating getting Michael Hardman because like the backdoor Aaron Rodgers stacks... Um, I do not want to do Cobb and I don't really want to do Corey Davis. So uh, excited to get Michael Hardman there. Not a lot of receivers I like left on the board and I do only have five. So I'm going to take John Mechie here, who I think is a little bit undervalued, but God, I don't want to take him 12 picks ahead of ADP normally. Yeah. Oof, tough room. 
the the reason this like the bye week quarterback stuff is so like so 10 minutes says i think bye weeks at qb matter more missing playoffs by 25 points is realistic sure absolutely but again the part of this conversation is like no one's drafting 150 teams with quarterbacks with the same bye weeks this is like it's going to come up on like one or two of your teams and you're not going to freak out because all it's doing is like barely lowering your advance rate to the regular season on one team it's just not a big deal yeah, and I've been pointing out that I beat him by seven points in one of the playoff teams last year. So uh, I'll take that. I, I'm glad to get on the, the lucky side of that one for once. Um, all right. Two, five, six. Still need another receiver, but God. What do you even do at this point? I'm going to take Ty J Spears. Not for any particular yeah. reason, but actually, no, I'm going to take Gamo. Never mind. I love Spears. Spears's price. I I I'm like Spears him. too, but I have so much. What, we, Paul? We Dude, Paul, that is egregious. Paul, absolutely egregious. Taking Tyler Conklin unstacked, twenty picks ahead of ADP when Michael Mayer and Trey McBride are on the board. What the fuck are you doing, Paul? What the fuck are you doing? Take his badge away. This guy doesn't deserve it. I used to think Paul was sharp. What are you doing, Paul? Was that a spite pick? Was that a spite preview on Tyler Conklin? I thought Paul was better than that. I really did. What are you doing, Paul? Paul will defend himself, I'm sure. I, he, Please he do. He's, he's one of the biggest winners in our audience. I expect this kind of bullshit from Spags. I don't expect it from you, Paul. Jeez. Wow. I, I don't believe in Tyler Conklin. You know, Jeremy Ruckert is not a name a lot of people care about. Um, I care about him because he's on the, the dynasty chasing uh, league that I have that I'm in competing with Pete. And but um, No, pull up this comment. This is the – Paul, you have lost the thread. Any benefits you get from galaxy braining non-week 17 divisional correlation is fucking fully offset – by a round and a half reach of ADP. You have lost the goddamn thread, Paul. Come up for air. Come breathe for air. You are too lost in the sauce. My God, Paul. Holy shit. Who would have thought of all the people to do this to you, that it'd be Paul? You know what? I'm having my Josh Norris, Tyler Algier, Zach uh, Ertz correlation moment that he had with him. Pull up that comment again. Stacked with Lazard in Chargers play the AFC East. What the fuck is going on? Jesus Christ, Paul. Holy cow. <laughs> I think DFS are. I think Pete knew that. I think it's what he podcasts. Wow. Non-week 17 correlation, but it helps with the regular season prize. Paul yeah. getting his heels in here, and God damn it if I don't respect that. No. Any uh, you losing ADP value fully offsets that fucking galaxy braid. Oh, yeah, really playing for those two Chargers-Jet shootouts. How did you win the regular season prize for $500,000? Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Lazard going back and forth with Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. I'll be telling my grandkids someday about those two Chargers-Jet shootouts. In week six, in week 13, never forget those two monumental games. <sighs> People saying this 150 on stream is going to destroy Pete's brain. Only 137 to go, Pete. Just the tip of the iceberg. So there. I just are. like, I, I'm completely fine when guys named like soccer seven MP in the draft room, dumb shit. But I just expect so much more from Paul. I really expect more from him. He went, he went down a few pegs in my book today. Wow.
This is an August level tilting here in May. You guys are blessed to be a part of this experience. Guess I'll just stack up Noah Fant, who's the exact same pet as Tyler Conklin. But it does not change the fact, Paul, that you've lost the thread. It's also, too, because taking Tyler Conklin at 184 is clearly an affront to you and any chance you have of taking Tyler Conklin. I'm completely willing to discuss it in the Discord. No, Paul, this conversation is one-sided. I'm going to call you a fucking idiot from this pulpit, and then I'm going to move on with my life. <laughs> I have a 2662 here. Uh, what I'm going to try to do is get some young talent here on the back end. Cedric Tillman, another AFC North guy. <laughs> we can discuss in the Discord as well. Wait, wait, wait. Chargers and the Jets do not play twice. That's what is going on here? <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm moving on from this. I gotta say, guys, the doubleheader stream's already worth it to me here. So please make sure you're subscribed to Splash Play. Of course, go subscribe to Peach Channel as well. The March is 15,000 on the year. The March to 2,000 here on the Splash Play also going to be popping off soon, hopefully. So we appreciate you guys. And where else you're going to find this kind of hostility in, in mid-May fantasy football drafts? <sighs> boy that is it's funny because you know the ar thing i did to the other day clearly you know you took that well laughed it off here tyler conklin is really the trigger i didn't know you had this this team is just such trash paul i'm looking at this team come up for air paul you're drowning i got one more pick here in my 2672 build um Honestly, this is a spot where I am going to take a luxury QB because I don't think I would add a lot of value at receiver. don't think I'd add a lot of value at running back, but I do have Devontae Adams. So I'm going to take Jimmy Garoppolo too. I'm going to take Tyler. Uh, which, which dusty ass wide receiver do I want to take? If do I, I take Corey you, Davis? Yeah, Corey Davis is mad. Cobb or Corey Davis? If we're going to end with the grossest pick, I, I'm taking Corey Davis over Cobb. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Oh, in this <laughs> fucking stream. ML pointing out, you said to Pat the other day, I know I'll, be, I'll tilt in some drafts, but I just have to be patient. Has that, has that already gone by the wayside for you? Yeah, I just expect better from the best ball community. <laughs> I do like that he was willing to defend it. You know, I'm glad he's there for you in Discord. Well, I the people in the chat thought he was doing a bit. But he wasn't, guys. Paul is dead serious. <laughs> Paul's team. Let's read out Paul's team here. Stefan Diggs, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Tyler Lockett, Kyle Pitts. He got Kyle Pitts. Cortland Sutton, DeAndre Swift, Alan Lazard, Darnell Mooney, Khalil Herbert, Jarek McKinnon, Marvin Mims, Tyquan Thornton, Jeff Wilson, the Pierce Resistance, Tyler Conklin, Mac Jones, and Desmond Ritter. But I got to say, Paul's team did fall off there in the last three rounds. <laughs> The the thing about it is like if you snipe me on good players, I get it. But sniping me on a shitty tight end who's like most likely outcome is finishing tight end eighteen because he plays your quarterback in another division once. We I I'm going full Josh Norris on this one. We have completely lost the thread of what it means to draft good teams. Yeah, I agree. And I didn't draft Anthony Richardson, so I feel like nobody won this draft. Shut the stream down. I need to go. I need to go do some breathing exercises. <laughs> well, guys, uh, final picks here. We don't want to do a team reading. Are you? Do you actually want to? Yeah, it? let's read it. Let no. It's your turn to read the teams. 
Okay. Um, I will read Pete's team. Actually, you know, I'll read my team first this time because uh, it's a great team. Zero RB build here to start for the most part. Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddle. Actually, no, I should read it the other way. Um, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo at QB at running back, JK Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Alex Madison, Kendra Miller, Tyler Algier, and Kenneth Gainwell's a value at wide receiver. I got Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddle, Christian Watson, Michael Thomas, Rashad Bateman to stack up with Lamar, John Mechie, Cedric Tillman, some youth at the end there, and a tight end a little bit thin, honestly, uh, Pat Freermuth and Jawan Johnson. And then for Pete's team, it's going to close out the second I try to read it. Uh, Pete's team, a great one here with Geno Smith and Aaron Rodgers at QB. At running back, damn it, at running back, he has Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, Deonta Foreman, Tyjay Spears, wide receiver A.J. Brown, unstacked D.J. Moore, jo Jackson Smith and Jigba, Mike Evans, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, Wandale Robinson, McCole Hardman, and Corey Davis, some great Jets to stack up at a tight end. Dalton Schultz and Noah Fant. And Pete, if I could give you one note here, uh, the guy who really would have completed this team, I think would have been Tyler Conklin. Do you know what? Also, you, do you remember the guy I said Paul should have taken, which was Michael Mayer slipping past ADP? Mm -hmm. Do you know who actually plays Michael Mayer twice during the season? It's the Raiders in your quarterback, Justin Herbert. That was the oppo bring back for you. A guy at value, a guy who actually has a chance to outperform his ADP playing one of your quarterbacks twice. Paul, we're going to let this be water under the bridge. I want you to come up for air and I want you to draft better going forward. Well, here we go. The votes are coming in for Spags and then a couple votes for Paul. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul won this draft because he made me lose my goddamn mind. <clears throat> Well, Pete, what are the plugs here? This is draft lucky number 13 for you. When is number 14 coming up? Is it on the club this afternoon or is there another spot? Um, I don't know if we're going to draft on the club. I want to get, I need to check in with those guys. I want to hear it. So Jack Settleman's like horse, I think won the fucking Kentucky Derby. So I think we're going to get that breakdown from him. I believe we're going to be drafting a team on the swole cast tomorrow. People want to see David Kitchen's first best ball team. And I will of course hop in there as well. So yeah, the road to uh 150 will continue most likely uh, on the Swolecast tomorrow at 1.30. There you go. So follow Pete at Peter Overset. Of course, don't forget to leave a comment as well. All the videos on his BBM playlist, 150 stream drafts is Pete's goal. And of course, every single time you comment on those videos, you're getting a chance to win a share of $1,500. Three people win that. So $500 each out there. Go check that out. Follow me at Chris Spags. Of course, subscribe to Splash Play. Hit the like button down below. Leave a comment. We're on a march to 2K here too. No giveaways for it, but uh, the giveaway of my love each time. So please subscribe and come back on Friday here on this Splash Play channel for my first solo stream here in a little bit where I will be stacking some teams up. Pete, any final words for you here now that you've got a moment to really breathe and settle what, in and reflect? What time did you say your Friday streams are going to be at? Um, I have to see who else is doing streams there, but I'm probably gonna do it around noon just so I can be done and then kind of vibe out. Yeah, it sounds like you're just so excited. I just want to fucking, <laughs> you know, crank this thing out and then I can, you know, go smoke weed and play video games. <laughs> Pete, there's not a lot of time. We have a nanny over, not a lot of time. And this weekend, actually, for Mother's Day, I'll be doing a lot of childcare. So I gotta, I gotta make it count because uh, Alex is going to Taylor Swift on Saturday. So I gotta be covering Ooh. Monday, uh, Sunday is morning. Is that your Mother's and, Day gift to her? Uh, no, actually, she bought it herself because it was fucking. She got two thousand dollars tickets, so I was not. That wasn't coming wow. from this part of things. <laughs> How rich! Um, well, yes. Shout out to all the mothers out there. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. I apologize for my language on this stream. You know, um, it's a long road to one hundred and fifty. <laughs> yes, of course. Shout out to all the mothers, except Tyler Conklin's mother, who we hate the most right now. But don't say that. Just in the stream. <laughs>
<laughs> Bye, guys. See you soon.